Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's Farm Chapter 2 The Pet Forgetterer Cure Rebecca Rolfe loved pets so much her bedroom looked like a zoo. On the bureau was a goldfish bowl with four goldfish in it. On the bedside table was a dish filled with rocks under which lived two turtles. In a can on the desk were twenty-seven tadpoles. In the planter lamp on the desk lived a chameleon. On Rebecca's pillow lay a large gray cat. Under the bed was a basket with four kittens in it. Also under the bed was an English setter who snored. On the foot of the bed slept a Scotty. Then in the backyard, Rebecca had two guinea pigs, a Belgian hare, a baby robin, four white mice, and a bantam rooster. Her mother and father were glad that Rebecca loved animals, except for one thing. Her animals were so noisy. Starting at the crack of dawn every morning, the Batam rooster crowed. The dog skidded down the front stairs after the paper boy yelping, Let us at him! The gray cat mewed and leapt at Mr. Rolf's chest and, and switched her tail in his mouth to let him know she wanted to go out. The guinea pig squealed, the goldfish splashed, baby robin shrieked, the rabbits thumped, and the white mice squeaked. And every morning, Mr. Rolf stormed out of bed and stamped around, shouting, We've just got to clean out this place. It's driving me insane. I never get a night's sleep. And a man's home should be his castle, a place to relax and find peace. This house is a nightmare. All night long, things yelp or crow or squeak or meow or thump or bark. Then Rebecca would come out of her room bawling. If my pets go, I go. We'll all run away. Mrs. Rolf would say, Now, Wolverton, don't be harsh, don't shout. You're upsetting Rebecca. Who's shouting? Mr. Rolf would roar. And another day would be spoiled, and even if Mrs. Rolf had buckwheat cakes and sausages, nobody would eat any breakfast. This unpleasant state of affairs went on and on until Mrs. Rolf was as white as her icebox. Mr. Wolf was as red and crabby as a crab, and Rebecca's face and eyes were so blotchy and swollen from crying everybody thought she had permanent measles, and the neighbors had begun to complain about the noise. Then one morning, Mrs. Rolf was talking to her neighbor, Mrs. Bensmith. Mrs. Bensmith said, My goodness, we're getting crowded over here. Ronald brought Cedric home another pet last night, a snowy owl. Does Cedric have pets too? Mrs. Rolf asked. Oh my, yes, said Mrs. Bensmith. He has seven cats, eleven kittens, six dogs, a parrot, two canaries, a skunk, deodorized of course, a burrow, a guinea hen, a mallard duck, a large turtle, and twenty-seven goldfish. But they're so quiet, said Mrs. Rolf. We have pets too, and they bark and yelp and meow and squeak, and crow and thump and splash from morning till night. Wolverton is at his wit's end. I'm afraid Rebecca's face will be scarred from bawling so much. 
I can't understand the animals being so noisy, said Mrs. Bentsmith. There must be something wrong. When do you feed them? I really don't know, said Mrs. Rolfe. Rebecca tends to them. Maybe that's your trouble, said Mrs. Bentsmith. Perhaps Rebecca forgets to feed and water them. It is a common childish fault. I know I have to keep after Cedric all the time. Well, I must go. I'm baking a dog biscuits, and I don't want them to burn. Then Rebecca came home for lunch, and Mrs. Rolfe said, Rebecca, dear, did you feed your animals last night? Oh, gosh, I forgot, Rebecca said. Did you feed them this morning? Her mother asked. Oh, gosh, I forgot, Rebecca said. What about water? Her mother said. I noticed yesterday that the goldfish needed their water changed and the turtles were almost out of it. Oh, gosh, I forgot, Rebecca said through a mouth full of pickles and peanut butter. All right, young lady, said Mrs. Rolfe. You get up from the table this instant and take care of your animals. No, leave your sandwich. You can't possibly be as hungry as your pets. So Rebecca fed and watered her animals, and the next day everything was peaceful, and Mr. Rolfe had kipper herring and scrambled eggs for breakfast and was as cheerful as a baby robin. What a glorious morning, he said. Passing his cup for more coffee, I think I'll come home early and cut the lawn. You must have had a good sleep, said Mrs. Rolfe. I'll have the lawnmower sharpened. Oh, don't bother until I see if I can get off, said Mr. Rolfe quickly. Where's Rebecca? Out feeding her animals, said Mother. She has become very conscientious about them, which is why they are behaving so nicely. Good, good, said Mr. Rolfe. You see, my dear, shouting at her did some good after all. The trouble with you women is that you always resent any form of discipline to your children. Discipline, my dear, makes men great. Show me a man who has had firm discipline, and I'll show you a great man. Now, when I was a boy... You're going to be late for work, said Mrs. Rolfe. Here, I'll get your coat. Rebecca didn't come in for breakfast, and didn't come in for breakfast, and didn't come in for breakfast. Mrs. Rolfe heated up the scrambled eggs until they were like rubber and kept the toast hot until it was hard as iron. Rebecca didn't appear until almost twelve o'clock. When she did come in, she had green paint on her hair and on one cheek. Where in the world have you been? said Mrs. Rolfe. I kept your breakfast hot until after eleven. I've been over helping Mr. Matthews paint his garage, Rebecca said, going to the cookie jar. No cookies until after lunch, said her mother. Did you feed and water the animals before you left? Oh, gosh, I forgot, Rebecca said, sitting down at the table and beginning to gulp her soup. All right, march right out and take care of them, Mrs. Rolfe said. But, Mom, I'm starving, Rebecca said. I didn't even have breakfast. Neither did your pet, said Mother. Now march. And that is why it went, and that is the way it went day after day. Sometimes Rebecca remembered her pets, but more often she didn't. At her bridge club, Mrs. Rolfe was so nervous and upset she couldn't even eat, although 
Mrs. Ingleshell had her favorite ripe olive, cashew nut, raisin candy cherry, whipped cream, and cucumber salad. Mrs. Ingleshed, who had gone to a lot of trouble with the lunch, said, What in the world is the matter with you, Cassandra? You haven't touched a thing. Here, have one of these peanut butter, sardine, and marmalade sandwiches. They are your favorite. No, thank you, Emily, said Mrs. Rolfe listlessly. I'm just not hungry. Are you sick? said Mrs. Foghorn. Oh, no, said Mrs. Rolfe. Are you and Wolverine having trouble? asked Mrs. Sharp. Oh, heavens no, said Mrs. Rolfe. Of course not even the Secretary of the United States Treasury could keep a budget the way Wolverton wants it, but we get along, especially as long as I give in to him. You poor thing, said Mrs. Mousetrap. Although I don't know why I say poor thing to you when I have to put up with Evan Rude day after day. What is the trouble, Cassandra? asked Mrs. Ingleshell. You can tell us. We're your best friends, and you know we'll never breathe a word of it. Well, said Mrs. Rolfe, it's Rebecca. She has about ten million pets, and she forgets to feed them, and they squeak and bark and yelp and meow and thump and splash and keep us all awake all night. I've yelled at her until I'm hoarse, and still she forgets. I'm just at my wit's end. The thing for you to do, said Mrs. Ingleshell, is to call Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. But I thought she had moved out of town, said Mrs. Ralph. She has, said Mrs. Ingleshell. She moved to a farm, but it's only a little ways out, and anyway, she usually has the children stay with her until they are cured. Why don't you go and call her right now, said Mrs. Mousetrap. Yes, call her right now, said Mrs. Ingleshire. And then you will feel like eating some of my delicious dessert. I made chocolate walnut whipped cream, banana devil's food, coconut, peanut brittle, frozen custard. Oh, yummy, said all the women. Mrs. Rolfe left the table to call Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Why, Rebecca Wolf, said Mrs. Piggle Wiggle on Friday afternoon, you've grown so big I hardly recognize you, and you're very pretty. I'm still a tomboy, though, said Rebecca. I'm the pitcher for the neighborhood baseball team, and I was tackle on our football team, and I can spit through my front teeth. Good for you, said Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. How would you like to learn to milk a cow? I'd love to, said Rebecca. And I like to pitch hay and clean out the barn and curry the horse? Well, said Mrs. Rolfe, it seems to me that Rebecca will be very happy here. How long can I stay? asked Rebecca. How about two weeks? said Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Oh boy, can I, Mom? said Rebecca. It is may I, Mother? said Mrs. Rolfe. And the answer is yes. Oh goody, said Rebecca, giving her mother a hug. Well, I guess I better go down to the barn and make friends with the animals. Goodbye, Mom. Goodbye, darling, said Mrs. Ralph with a tear in her eye. Mrs. Pigglewiggle said, Now don't worry, Mrs. Ralph. Rebecca and I are old friends, and we'll get along beautifully. I know you will, said Mrs. Rolfe, sniffing. But I'm lonely for Rebecca already. She got in her car and drove away. 
Rebecca waved at her from the hayloft door. All animals know when somebody loves them and is not afraid of them, and Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's animals adored Rebecca immediately. She could even get right in the pen with Fanny and her piggies, which was very remarkable because Fanny was quite disagreeable and usually tried to bite anyone who came in her pen. Lester Wag and Lightfoot, of course, loved her and followed her all over the farm. Even Warren the gander wasn't too nasty to her and only hissed when he was a long way off. She curried Trotsky until he shone like satin and then she led him out to the watering trough and scrubbed his hoofs with soap and stiff scrubbing brush. She gave Lester a bath with shampoo, rubbed him dry with one of Mrs. Pigglewiggle's bath towels. She cleaned out all the stalls in the barn and put in fresh new straw. She cleaned out the chicken houses and put in fresh peat moss. She made a little pen for Fanny's babies out in the orchard, turned Fanny into Lester's pen, scrubbed Fanny's pen out with hot, soapy water, and covered the floor with clean, sweet-smelling sawdust. She tidied up Penelope's cage and cleaned out the rabbit hutches and the turkey pens. She was busy and helpful and happy. I just don't know how I ran this farm without you, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle, especially now that you have learned to milk. I'd like to live here forever, Rebecca said. I love farms and I love animals and I love you. Wag licked her hand. Lightfoot jumped onto her shoulder and Penelope said, We love Rebecca. We love beautiful Rebecca. Everything was just as happy as could be for one week. Then came the day when Mrs. Pigglewiggle had to take Lester in to Hendricks to cure Eunice of her bad table manners. Mrs. Pigglewiggle had to leave very early because the 6.30 bus was the only one that came through Little Spring Valley. She told Rebecca that she would try to be home before dark. Rebecca said, Don't worry, Mrs. Pigglewiggle. I'll feed the animals and milk Arbutus. Shall I turn Trotsky in the south pasture with the sheep? That would be fine, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle. And don't forget Heather's calf meal. And be sure the baby chicks and ducklings goslings are in before dark. You know how anxious Pulitzer the owl is to get his claws on them. Oh, yes, there's a pail of sour milk in the cellar to mix with Fanny's food. Well, I guess I'd better be off, and I'll miss my bus if I don't go now. Come, Lester. Rebecca hugged and kissed Mrs. Pigglewiggle, and Lester waved to them until her arm ached. Then she started down to the barn. She was just going to turn on the water in the watering trough when she heard a funny noise down by the oat field. It was kind of a chug-chug-chug, like a steam engine. She strained her eyes, but she couldn't quite see because the chicken house was in the way. So she ran to the top of the hill, and a big maple tree was in the way. Finally, she ran all the way down to the oat field. Still, she couldn't see anything. So she ran through the oat field until she came to the line fence, and there just beyond in Mr. Larson's wheat field was a big red tractor standing still and puffing. Hi there, called Rebecca to the tractor. Hi, answered a voice from the back of the wheel. I've lost a pin somewhere. Do you want to help me look for it? 
Sure, said Rebecca. What kind of a pin? Safety or straight? A big tall man stood up and laughed. He said, It's a cotter pin, sort of a nail with two prongs on it. Oh, I know, said Rebecca. There's one on my bike. I fix my bike all the time. Good for you, said the man. My name is Nels Larson. What's yours? Rebecca Rolfe, said Rebecca. I'm visiting Mrs. Pigglewiggle. That's fine, said Nels. She's a very nice woman. I'm going to cut her oats for her when they are ripe. Can I help you? asked Rebecca. You sure can, said Nels. Now, let's look for that pin so I can finish my disking. After almost half an hour of looking, Rebecca found the pin, and as a reward, Nels let her ride on the tractor with him. At lunchtime, he took her home to his house, and Mrs. Larson gave her hot, fresh bread, chicken and dumplings, and wild blackberry pie. She had a wonderful time, but she had forgotten all about Mrs. Pigglewiggle's animals. Arbutus was bawling in her stall, waiting to be milked and fed. Trotsky stood in his stall, whinnying to be fed and let out for pasture. Fanny and her piglets all squealed and grunted for their breakfast. The chickens cackled and cackled, and Egbert shrieked, Breakfast! at the top of his voice. Warren and Evelyn Goose and Millard and Martha Mallard brought their babies over to the watering trough for a swim, but there was no water. Rebecca had forgotten to turn it on. Lightfoot meowed and meowed at the barn door, but her saucer stayed dry. Wag barked and barked and barked, but nobody filled his water dish. Georgette, Layette, and Paulette brought their babies up by the back porch to see why Mrs. Pigglewiggle hadn't thrown them any grain and why they didn't have any water. Heather bawled and bawled for her breakfast, and Clematis and her lambs came clear up from the south pasture to see what was the matter. Over at the Larsons, Rebecca shouted, Giddy up, Charlie, as she guided the old white horse between the rows of potatoes. She was covered with dirt and perspiration, and her face was as red as a tomato, but she was having a wonderful time. It was almost six o'clock when Nails finally told her that she'd better bring Charlie in for his supper. Supper! Oh my gosh, said Rebecca. Oh my gosh, I forgot to feed the animals and I forgot them to milk Arbutus and I forgot to turn Trotsky into the pasture. Oh, what will I do? You'd better run home as fast as your legs can carry you, said Nails. It sounds to me as if you are in trouble. Listen. Through the still evening air across the rolling green fields from Mrs. Pigglewiggle's farm came all kinds of loud cries for food. Food, bellowed Arbutus. Milk, cried Heather. Oh, 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 whined Trotsky. Ga-ga-grain, cackled the hens. Water, bleated the sheep. Meowk, meowk, whined Lightfoot. Food, 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 barked Wag. Feed me, feed me, feed me, shrieked Penelope. She forgot our food, she forgot our food, crowed Egbert. Lunch, 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 grunted Fanny. Feed, squeed the fourteen piglets. 
Wee, 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 whistled the turkey plouts. We want to gobble, 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 gobble. We want to gobble, 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 said Tom. Shame, shame, said Warren Gender. Come back, come back, called Martha and Millard Mallard. Rebecca hung her head. I'm so ashamed, she said. I forgot my friends. Well, being ashamed won't help, Nels said. Just hurry along home and feed them. Goodbye, Nels, Rebecca said. It was awfully nice of you to let me ride the tractor and steer your horse. It was a pleasure, Nails said. Come over any time. Like a swallow, Rebecca darted through the potato patch across the wheat field, squeezed under the barbed wire fence, tearing the right leg of her jeans, across the oat field, over the little hill, past the chicken house, and into the barn. The noise in there was deafening. Wag saw her first. He dashed down from the house, raced through the door, and ran between her legs, knocking her flat. Then, instead of licking her face in apology, he stood and growled at her. She said, Oh, Wag, please forgive me. I'm truly sorry. I didn't mean to forget your food. Coldly, he turned away and went into Trotsky's stall. Rebecca got up, hurried into feed, to the feed room, scooped up a large bucket of mash, and dumped it into Arbutus's feed box. She said, I'm truly sorry, Arbutus. I'll milk you right away. Arbutus turned her head away. Then Rebecca skirted up the loft stairs and threw down oat hay into Trotsky's manger. Peering down the chute he, at him, she said, Oh, Trotsky, please forgive me. Trotsky turned his back on her. Next, she raced up to the house and got the slops of buckets of sour milk for Fanny. There were two full buckets, and she had quite a time carrying them. She was panting when she got to Fanny's pen. Here, Fanny, old girl, she said, dumping it, the whole bucket of clabbered milk. Grrr, said Fanny, snapping at her hand. Why, Fanny, how could you, Rebecca said, and she began to cry. Blurp, 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 said Fanny, burying her snout in the milk. Rebecca poured in the other bucket, wiped her eyes with her sleeve, and went on to milk Arbutus. Arbutus' bag was swollen, and she was leaking milk all over the floor. Rebecca felt very ashamed. She was milking as fast as she could, and the milk was swishing into the bucket when she felt a sharp pain in her leg. She looked down, and Lightfoot tail switching eyes blazing was standing with one paw up ready to scratch her again quickly rebecca got up and filled lightfoot's saucer with warm milk she filled it three times before she finished milking heather was so hungry she slurped up half the warm milk before rebecca could mix the calf meal with it as soon as she had fed heather rebecca strained the rest of the milk, put it to cool, gave Arbutus some hay, brought her two buckets of water, cleaned out her stall, and put in fresh straw. Then she went into Trotsky's. As soon as she stepped into his stall, he backed up and stepped on her foot. Ow! she cried. Trotsky, you're hurting me! Looking around at her disdainfully, he slowly lifted his hoof. Limping, Rebecca brought him two buckets of water, which he gulped down. 
Then she cleaned out his stall, put in fresh straw, and gave him a bucket of oats. She didn't dare go in Fanny's pen, but as the piggies were still nursing, she knew they had plenty of food. When she hurried down to the chicken house, all the chickens had gone to bed, but she filled the mash hoppers and scattered grain around for the early risers. There were two hens on the nest, and when she reached under them to gather the eggs, they pecked her wrists hard. So she had taken care of the chickens, Rebecca fed the ducks and geese and rabbits and the mother hens. Then she watered the sheep. Heavens! But she was tired and hungry. She went up to the house immediately. Penelope shrieked at her. Well, how about me, Miss Gaddy, all day? Where's supper? Where's supper? Where's supper? Please, dear, dear, dear Penelope, forgive me, Rebecca said. I'll get your supper right away. She tried to open the back door, but it was locked. What will I do, poor Penelope? She said, rattling the doorknob. Then on the bench by the pump, she saw the box of parrot crunch. Now you poor dear little hungry parrot, she said, bumping a cupful into Penelope's feed cup. Penelope hopped down off her perch, reached through the bars of her cage, and bit Rebecca's finger. Ouch, Rebecca yelled. Serves you right, bad girl, Penelope said. Wag came up on the back porch and barked at her. Quiet dog, Penelope yelled. I'm eating. Yap, yap, yap. Wag said, sitting down on Rebecca's feet. Oh, poor Waggy, she said. You want your supper. I'll go in the house and get it. If you'll get off my feet, Wag obligingly moved. Rebecca tried to open the back door, but it was still locked. I'll get you a drink of water anyway, she said, going over to the pump. She was pumping and pumping, when to her surprise she saw Wag's dish filled with dog food in the sink. "'Gosh, Mrs. Pigglewiggle never forgets anything,' she said, lifting out the dish and set it on the floor. Wag rushed over and began to choke down the food. Rebecca pumped him a bowl of water, filled Penelope's water dish, and then went through to the front of the house to see if the door was locked, too. It was. "'That's funny,' Rebecca said. "'Mrs. Pigglewiggle doesn't usually lock her doors.' She tried the windows. They were locked, too. She was feeling so very hungry and very neglected. She went around and sat down on the back steps to wait for Mrs. Pigglewiggle. Like giant black cobwebs, dusk settled on the willow tree, the barn, the chicken house, and the tool shed, the orchard trees. A big yellow moon came up from behind the Larson's peach orchard, in the swampy place down the lane, a million little frogs began to croak. The animals were all quiet now, except for the frogs, everything was quiet, quiet and lonely. Two large tears rolled down Rebecca's nice brown eyes and slid down over her rosy cheeks. Wag came over and lay down beside her. Burying her head in his fur, she said, I'm hungry and lonely, and I think Mrs. Pigglewiggle has forgotten all about me. Turning his head around, Wag licked her cheek, which only made Rebecca feel more sorry for herself and cried louder. Then suddenly the quietness of the night was shattered into a million pieces. The ducks began to quack, the geese honk, 
Layette, Paulette, and Georgette shrieked hysterically. Wag barked, Trotsky neighed, and Lightfoot mewed. What is it? What's the matter? Rebecca said to Wag. It's Pulitzer the Owl, Penelope yelled, yawning. He's after the baby chicks, or goslings, or ducklings. There he goes, past the moon. He can't do any harm, though. All the babies are shut up. Oh, no, they aren't, said Rebecca, jumping off the porch. Oh, here he comes. Shoo, shoo, Pulitzer. Go away, you bad owl, she shouted, grabbing the broom and running down the willow tree where all the commotion seemed to be. Down, Pulitzer swooped as quiet and dark as a shadow. He was heading right for the goslings. His wicked claws were open, ready to snatch up one of the small, downy bodies. Running as fast as she could, almost flying, Rebecca didn't see Warren with his wings outstretched and was bravely trying to guard his babies. Rebecca fell right over him and landed with a splash in the watering trough. But as she fell, she managed to clout Pulitzer hard with a broom. He zigzagged for a moment and then swooped up to the ridge pole of the barn. After she had scrambled out of the watering trough, Rebecca picked up her broom, herded all the chickens, geese, and ducks into the barn and shut the door. Then, shaking her fist up at Pulitzer, she said, "'You keep away from here, you mean old thing!' Pulitzer said, who, 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 and flew into the orchard. Just then, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's flashlight came bobbing along the lane like a lightning bug. Rebecca Wag and Lightfoot ran to meet her. After she had kissed and patted them all, she said, My goodness, Rebecca, you feel a little wet. What happened? So Rebecca told her everything, how she had forgotten to feed the and water the animals, how she had forgotten to milk, how she had forgotten to shut up the goslings and the ducklings and the chicks, and Pulitzer had almost gotten them. Mrs. Pigglewiggle said, Well, everything has been taken care of, and old Pulitzer didn't get anything. So, what do you say? We wipe away those tears and go into the house. But we can't, Rebecca said. We can't get in the house. The doors are all locked, and I can't find the key. Oh, how careless of me, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle. I forgot and locked the doors. That means you haven't any supper, you poor child. Rebecca began to cry again. I'm freezing and starving, she sobbed. It's amazing how uncomfortable it is to be forgotten, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle, fishing in her purse for her dorky. Now you run up and put on your nightie, and I'll make hot cocoa and toast. I think there's some cold fried chicken, and in the pantry, I think there's a little bit of gingerbread. Of course, that was the last time Rebecca ever forgot about a pet. When she went home at the end of two weeks, Mrs. Pigglewiggle trusted her so much she gave her Brookfield, the little runt pig, a gosling named Gordon, and a duckling called Delrymple, and two baby chickens named Chauncey and Chervil. When her daddy saw Rebecca, he was very happy, but when he saw her new pets, he made a kind of mournful groan, slammed the door to his study, and said, No more rest for me, I can see that. But he was wrong. 
From that day on, Rebecca took perfect care of her pets, and they were so well behaved that Mrs. Picklewiggle often sent other pet forgetters to visit Rebecca so they could see how pets should be cared for. Mm-hmm.